good morning, family. Just to let you know where we are, this coming Tuesday is Shrove Tuesday. This coming Wednesday is Ash Wednesday. And that means we're about to enter the season of Lent. And Lent will lead us all the way to Easter Sunday. But for today, let's climb another mountain. A few weeks ago, we climbed a mountain to hear the Sermon on the Mount. But today we're going to climb a different mountain. Have you ever heard or used the phrase mountaintop experience? It's a phrase we use sometimes to describe wonderful things that happen in our lives. We've all had moments that made us extremely happy, right? Events like your graduation or your wedding or the birth of a child, getting your driver's license or landing that dream job. Moments that fill you with elation are mountaintop experiences. Today, let's look at two mountaintop experiences that we find in the Bible. One happened to Moses in the Old Testament book of Exodus. The other happened to Jesus and three of his disciples in the gospel according to Matthew. Let's read the Matthew story, okay? Hear the word of the Lord. Jesus took Peter, James, and his brother John to the top of a high and lonely hill. And as they watched, his appearance changed so that his face shone like the sun and his clothing became dazzling white. Suddenly, Moses and Elijah appeared and were talking with him. Peter blurted out, Sir, it's wonderful that we can be here. If you want me to, I'll make three shelters, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. But even as he said it, a bright cloud came over them and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved son, and I am wonderfully pleased with him. Obey him. At this, the disciples fell face downward to the ground, terribly frightened. Jesus came over and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. And when they looked, only Jesus was with them. As they were going down the mountain, Jesus commanded them not to tell anyone what they had seen until after he had risen from the dead. This is the word of God for you, the people of God. So we say, thanks be to God. Jesus led Peter, James, and John up a steep mountain trail. They climbed for what seemed like hours and hours until their backs and knees ached. When they reached the summit, they witnessed a strange vision. Jesus appeared to have changed dramatically. His face and his robe were as bright as the sun. The disciples noticed that the greatest prophets of Israel, Moses and Elijah, were standing there beside Jesus. And then something even more amazing happened. They heard a loud voice from a cloud saying something that they had heard once before. This is my beloved son, and I am wonderfully pleased with him. Obey him. Even though the disciples were aware that their teacher was uniquely special, this was God's way of emphasizing it. The disciples, I imagine, were thrilled and terrified all at the same time. Now, let's push pause. Way back in the second book of the Bible, the book of Exodus, Moses met God face to face, sort of. He received the law of God on stone tablets. 
He spent 40 days and 40 nights in God's presence. Then he walked down the mountain and his face gleamed brightly with God's glory. His face was so bright, we're told, that people could not look at him. So he had to cover his face. Now, both of these mountaintop experience stories are immediately followed by valley experiences. We've all had moments when God appears to be very far away from us, haven't we? And during those times, it seems life places high demands on us, right? If we go back to Matthew's story, when Jesus and his disciples came down from the mountain, there was a crowd of people waiting for them. And in that crowd, there was a man whose son desperately needed healing. The disciples who had stayed in the valley instead of going up the mountain with Jesus had already tried and failed to heal the sick boy. But Jesus could and did heal the boy. And then he gave everyone a lesson on faith. But Moses' experience in the valley was very different. He had been on Mount Sinai for a long time. God instructed him on how to construct the tabernacle. God told him what the priests should do and what they should wear and what they should say. And then God wrote the Ten Commandments on stone tablets and then sent Moses down the mountain to deliver them to his people. And what did Moses discover when he returned from the mountain? Well, the people of Israel had created an idol, a golden calf. And they were holding a religious festival in honor of the false god that they had created. People were making sacrifices to the calf. They were feasting and making a lot of noise. And Aaron, Moses' brother, was actually assisting them. The trauma was too much for Moses. And do you remember what he did? He smashed the stone tablets that God himself had given to him. So Moses had to go back up the mountain to ask God to make another copy of the law on stone tablets. Isn't it true that the best of times always seem to precede the worst of times? Do you think God sets it up that way to put us to the test? I think most of us resemble Peter more than we resemble Moses or Jesus. When something wonderful happens to us on the mountaintop, we want to be completely enveloped in God's love and in God's grace, don't we? We want to stay there forever even if it's only a temporary home, like the, the shelters or tents that Peter wanted to build on the mountain. I think that maybe that's why families take so many photographs. We want to stay on mountaintops forever, and if we can't stay, we'd at least like to remember how it felt. We can't keep doing that for very long, though, can we? The more we try to hold on to those moments, the faster they seem to fade away. We need mountaintop experiences in God's presence so that we can be restored and refreshed and rejuvenated. But we also have to venture down into the valleys of everyday life where we are called to shine God's light and to share God's love. And isn't that how it worked with Jesus? He went to the mountain to be with God before going down into the valley to face the struggles and the pain of the world, right? We believe that Jesus was fully God and at the same time, fully human. 
and he allowed people in need to make demands on him. He cared for people and he healed them. But now today, Jesus' mission is carried out through his followers, people like you and me. As wonderful as our mountaintop experiences can be, it would be selfish for us to spend all our time enjoying the splendor of the heights, wouldn't it? On the other hand, we're not expected to spend all of our time in the valley either. You see, we can't accomplish God's work in the valley without taking time to renew ourselves on the mountain with God, right? It's easy to get caught up in loving and helping others and forget that we too need to be loved and helped ourselves. When we look honestly at the world's pain and the needs of its people, it's overwhelming. It's all too easy to go around doing good works without ever taking the time to ensure that our own souls are refreshed and restored. We'll burn out if we keep giving to others, but never stop to allow God to replenish us. We can't do Jesus' work in the valley unless we meet God up on the mountain. And that's why you've tuned in today, right? That's why we make the time and take the time to listen to God, to pray, to read scripture. In a moment, you'll turn this off and turn around to face the pressures and to carry the burdens of daily life. But that's okay, because we've already reached the mountain peak. We've spent a few moments with Jesus. We've felt the warmth of his face. We've heard him say, I love you, and I'm always with you. So let's joyfully walk down the mountain with him to serve our neighbors and to follow our Savior. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Good and gentle Father, today as we glimpse Jesus' glory shining through, we are reminded of your incredible power and grace. Thank you for sending your Son to show us the way, to bring us closer to you, and to offer us eternal life. Help us to see your glory in our lives. Give us the courage to share it with those around us. Give us the strength, we pray, to follow in Jesus' footsteps, even when the journey is difficult. We also pray for those who are struggling to find hope and meaning in life. Use us to bring them comfort and encouragement and to show them the love that you have for each and every one of us. Thank you for your never-ending love and grace and for the gifts that you give us each and every day. Give us ears to hear the cries of the oppressed, we pray, eyes to see the needs of the poor, and voices to speak for those who are on the margins. And now using the words debts and debtors, let us pray with boldness the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. As always, thank you for joining me today. I really do hope these words were helpful to you. If they were, will you like, review, and share this message? 
If you leave a good review, it will help other people to find and benefit from these thoughts and these prayers. Speaking of prayer, if you have a need or a prayer request, please leave a message in the comments section and then be assured that I will be praying for you and for your need. Now, this week your job is to love at least three people and make sure at least one of them doesn't deserve it. Why? Because everyone needs love and everyone needs to know that God loves them no matter what, right? Remember, with Jesus, we always, always, always have hope. Now, receive these words of benediction today. May the Lord bless you and protect you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his face to you and grant you his peace. Amen? Amen.